Today, Meera and I are doing a very interesting podcast episode. Both of us are motivating each other to go out, get some fresh air, walk around the block, connect and talk about various topics. And we decided that, you know, we will bring you in on our today's uh, beautiful walk. It is. The weather's getting a little chilly, but it is nice to walk around and get some fresh air. Yep. And Sarah is unable to join today because due to the time difference in London, uh, yes. this is not the time for her to walk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> yep. So today's topic is very interesting and I think all of us can connect to it and it's really important for all the parents out there. Um, so basically, Asmira and I, we have kids of uh, different age groups and but yes. there's one thing that is really common which is the usage of technology uh, devices internet overall social media etc and you know how we're living in this new era where we can't keep them and refrain them completely but there has to be of course the dangers lurking out there and their kids so as responsible parents we need to make sure that we um, use it responsibly and there are certain guidelines and limits so today's topic we're going to share some tips so Asmira you want to dive in and uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm always looking for ways, you know, some tips and tricks to limit the uses of um, electronics in my house. Well, you know, as you know, I've got five boys. Three of them are seven years old and two are 11 years old. And um, Pram and I are both STEM field. So electronics has always been part of our lives. And, you know, the boys are basically grown up with technology all around them. And up until about four, they were pretty much off electronics. But, you know, as they grew, technology expanded in the house. It, initially it was tablets, then it turned into switches and all kinds of electronic devices. And now they're like pro great gamers. Uh, one of them is a, you know, he thinks he's a content creator, <laughs> you call them. So, you know, so over the years, we've um, tried to limit their, their devices, their time on electronics and uh, without causing chaos or heartbreaks and lots of tears and trauma, you know, as any parent would. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, you know, I just wanted to talk to you about some of the things that did work with us. Um, some some things that didn't, some things that did. When they were little and they had their hooked on devices, you know, their tablets, their, um, they wouldn't necessarily go on social media because uh, they were too young to know what that is. And they, they were limited to, you know, their shows, like YouTube shows, Whoopi and Octonauts and whatever it is these days. So, well, one of the things, well, first let's talk about prying electronics away from children is, is not a good thing. Right? You have to give them some kind of leeway, some kind of time frame. So tip number yeah. one, don't just snatch it. You can't take it away. You know, imagine someone took your phone away and they're like, okay, Teresa, you're off electronics for the next three hours. How are you going to feel? You know, <laughs> you're going to be left with a broken heart. Like, what do I do for the next three hours? My soul has left my body. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> for kids, it's a shock to their system because that's all they know, like besides their family and friends, but you know, device is part of them now. It's ingrained. So you you always give them a lead time. What works for us is giving them, hey, you have 15 minutes, and then every five minutes, we're gonna keep reminding you, and then um, after the first 10 minutes, it'll be every one minute. And that really uh, brings their mindset, like, okay, I have 15 minutes, and then mom's gonna say five minutes, another five minutes, and it, it's like they know it's coming. You know, they're, they're preparing their mind, their body to get away from electronics. And then uh, the last five minutes, we do, hey, you, you have four minutes, three, two, and the countdown begins. I think that strategy is really good. Yeah. I love it and I think it's something that I kind of try to incorporate that in my household as well. 
especially with the little one. So yes. with the little one Elise, it's like, you know, we try that if you come back from school, you can't just run and grab your iPad and iPod and start on it. I mean, like, you know, there's a whole um, time. You know, yeah, home, do your homework. If your homework is done and you have time before bedtime, we may allow, okay, 20, 30 minutes, you can watch your favorite program, play with your friends on Roblox, you know, yeah. that's fine. And then once yeah. it's bedtime, I remove all devices, you know, away from their side. And I'm like, and that's yeah. now, you know, it's time for bed. Sometimes she has a lot of work, a lot of homework. So then she's like, oh my God, yeah. today I didn't even get to touch the iPad. And I'm like, and that's okay. That's what weekends are for. Well, it's weekends, you don't have homework. It's not a school night, you will get more time. And then on weekends, of course, you know, I will say, okay, today, you know, Saturday, you cannot be stuck on screens. Let's say we're not doing anything. It's raining outside. Can't do, go outside, run around or, you know, do anything constructive or uh, athletic. Then I, I will allow her at that point. I'd look, you can use it. This is what you're going to use it for. Maybe, you know, watch a show. Again, play with your friends. But again, as you said, put limits. Be like, you know, that's it. You had it for 45 minutes. Now close it. Take a break. Go read a book. Uh, play your Legos. Go, you know, annoy your sister. Come down, see what I'm doing. So, you know, it's very important, as you mentioned, that one has to provide screen limits. So they have time away from their screens. Yeah, you know, uh, so that the leading up to is very important, you know, giving them a little bit of headway that, hey, something is coming and you're going to be cut off at yeah. this time. That's really what yeah. boys on my end. Yeah. And when yeah. they were little, they, you know, when they were first addicted, many parents fear away from getting the electronics away from the kids. So, so here's the fear for the parents. Oh my God, I'm going to have to deal with the trauma. Oh, now they're going to throw a tantrum. They're going to scream and kick and cry and I'm going to look like a bad parent. And so the parents usually give a, give it away. Like they're like, oh, I'm going to avoid all that trauma and let them just have the electronics. That's number one. You know, parents do that. Everyone, everyone has done that. It's, it's, it's a very common nowadays. But uh, to avoid that, some of the things that I've learned is, okay, the night before, when the electronics are being charged, I only charge it about 20%, maybe 25%. So you know, when, they're, when they're little, when they're little, like uh, nowadays, kids are born with devices in their hands, you know? So that kind of logic only works up to a certain age, like four or five, maybe. So what I used to do is I should start 25% and I used to tell them, oh, the tablet died, it's not my fault because the kids will blame the parent, you know? You know, the kids will pay, uh, blame the parents and be like, you took my device away, how could you do that? Da, 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 and the trauma starts. So trauma and drama. So I used to be like, Very good blame tip. the device, don't charge it. Very that was good tip. Right? That really worked. Yep. Because, and of course, with any of these tips, you have to give them a week or two or however long it takes to get used to it. Like you have, you can't just give up because it didn't work the first two times or three times. Like stick with this tip, like stick with whatever you choose to do, stick with it and then follow through it. With anything, follow through, it will work. You, you will have some trauma, drama, everything for the first couple of days until the new becomes the normal, right? And, I think so, parents, and parents need to parent. That's another thing that I've realized around me with the devices and electronics and social media. Parents give in too easily and yes. they don't parent because they get yes. scared that, oh my God, the kid is just going to have a meltdown. So it's like, come yeah. on, be a parent and yes. set the rules and follow these steps. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that, you know, blaming the device and saying, hey, it's dead. Like, I can't do anything about it. It died, so let's go do something else. And so we, and then you um, redirect. So once you have the device off and you blamed it on the death of the device, 
<laughs> I want to tell you a funny story. When I used to blame the device being dead, uh, there, there was somebody who had died, and they're like, "Oh, Ron, well, you could just charge it." Yeah, I'm like, oh. <laughs> "Well, I think we've got the concept completely wrong on the <laughs> on the death of a person and the death of a device." Oh my God, that's hilarious. That actually reminds me. I remember when I think Anusha, my older one, who's I think as old as um, your triplet, uh, even yeah. younger. Sorry, she was like I think three or four. We were going yeah. on an international trip, um, and that was the first time she sat in a plane. Yeah, I think she was like two or three, and um, and she uh, it was a plane that did not have a touch screen. Nowadays planes do back in the day. Oh yeah. And she thought, oh, it's like my iPad. So she's trying to like touch screen and be like, you know, hello. How come it's not like changing like my my iPad at home? And I was like, oh, my God. she's so funny. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So and, and that works, and then redirecting, like you know. Yeah, having another activity on hand really helps with prying off the thing that you're trying to pry off. And so, and then I will add to this that with the older kids, I think a set of different tips would also work. Like when my older kids, for example, my older one, she's in high school now, so she has her own charger, she has her own devices. But yeah. you know, I have to sit down and have a conversation with her. Uh, a, I have everything monitored, so I know I have screen. I know exactly how much time she's spending on each screen. And I can easily, with a click on my phone, uh, end the screen time, limited yeah. what's going on. But I try not to do that because, again, you know, adults and teens can also have meltdowns. Like, oh my God, I can't use it because you stopped me from using it. So again, as you mentioned, you know, give them lead time talk. Here, I give them lead time again. I said, hey, you know what? Tomorrow you've got this major project exam coming on. I don't want you using the going on, you know, on the internet today. No using devices, nothing. You need to focus on that. And yeah. then I give you the motivation that tomorrow, after your test is over, you have really, you know, nothing going on for the next day. So maybe you want why not spend more extra time tomorrow evening? But tonight, yep. it's you definitely no limit. Yeah. So I think with teens, you have to kind of have that communication yeah. because they they yes. have access to the devices, they charge on their own. Yeah. You know, so you kind of have to let them know that you know, hey, and by making you responsible for right now, you yeah. have exams, you have stuff coming up. This would stay, it would be here. So you know that how it works. Plus, also yeah. the good thing you also said was initially that you steer them to do something positive with these electronics. Yeah, like you'd have done with your boys. I've I've done that with my girls as well. Like the older one, I think she was only five or six when she wanted to start her own YouTube channel. Yeah, like sisters. So she would spend all those time, all the time, all those hours making these creative videos, filming it. She learned how to use the editing tool, you know, all nice. and edit all these videos and upload them at the age of five or six. So, yeah, okay. So those hours were well spent. Or yes. you know, like Lisa, she's very much into programming and coding. So she nice. downloaded those apps and she spent time with that. So I think you know, if they use these free time, I think. It's important that as parents we kind of you know how you've done with your boys, steer them towards you know why don't you do something like programming and coding or content yeah. creation yes. uh, rather than just watching the video. Yeah, that's very educational. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about something education something. Yeah, and and you know there as they grow older, as you mentioned, the strategies have to change. And you know over the summer they weren't in summer camp; they were all with us. And there's just so many so many things we can do. Like we can't just take them out 24/7. So they are bound to go to electronics. So um, um, at, at one point, they were really heavily addicted to YouTube videos. And it's not like bad videos they were watching, but they were more like other people playing games. And then they would watch that because there's like commentary and then, you know, a lot of screaming and background noise and all that. Um, and they were like programmed to watch those, you know. So, I, you know, Prem and I talked and I said, hey, Prem, this is getting a little too much. And let's come up with a way to, uh, you know, redirect them from watching YouTube. So we came up with, hey, no more watching YouTube videos. We, if you want to watch YouTube videos, you know what? 
it can do. You can play games and record those, edit those, and then post those yourself. Right? You can't be watching other people play games. That's you know, that's not productive at all. So that's how we redirected that and say, hey, let's try to make it a little more interactive and positive than you just sitting there watching someone else play. And like you said, that allows them to use the software, learn it, you know, become content creators. Yeah, and really important. Yeah, and then when with my five boys, the, the number of kids you have, the number of strategies you have to have, right? So <laughs> weekends, because weekends are busy with school, homework, and they get a little bit of free play, electronics, and whatnot here and there. But on weekends, it, it was becoming really problematic because they were glued on the screen. So I said, you know what? I can't, I can't hide that off from you all day long because that takes exhausting amount of hours for me to spend time with you guys um, to do activities. And I can't get any uh, cooking done or house cleaning done, nothing. Yeah. You know, it's like me becoming a babysitter. So how right. can I use this in a way where you're not on electronics and I'm also not babysitting you because you're you're uh, old enough where I don't have to babysit you. You can be independent. So I said, you know what? Here's a strategy. One hour electronics, one hour off. One hour on, one hour off. And here's the best part that we know as parents. The best part is once they're off electronics, you give them enough activity that they're off for more than one hour. They're off for like two, three, four hours at a time. And then they can go back on for like one or two hours extra. But that chunk of time, it, it, they don't even notice it because you've bombarded them with lots of activities, fun activities that they can do. And then they look at the clock and they're like, oh, you know what, mom, can you go back on? They've been on off for like two hours. And I'm like, yeah, go right ahead. You earned it. But <laughs> you see where I went with that? So... So that's been a really, really um, important um, strategy for us as they grew. Like now the twins are 11, so that really works for them because for an hour, they can do something else, they can go back, they can be off for a couple hours and won't even notice it. So hour on, hour off, best strategy you'll find. There. Awesome. Yep. And um, also, another thing, as your kids get a little older, um, you will also find like with uh, my kids, they want to come home. And sometimes, especially over the weekends, uh, they want to talk to their friends. So they'll be like, oh my God, like, you know, either four of us, we want to, you know, we want to play, for example, Roblox, but have a FaceTime and discuss where we are in Roblox or where we are in Minecraft and what's going on and who's doing that. So I have, of course, allowed, you know, yeah. that depending on again, you know, yeah. say, yeah, do it for one hour talk to them, uh, play with them, and that's fine. But again, limits. And you will just do it for one hour. After one hour, I'm likely you go in the room and I'll be like, hey, you know what, take a break. You know, let's yes. one hour, tell your friend, hey, you know, nice playing with you, nice chatting with you, and I got yeah. to go, and I'll come back. Yeah. So this is yeah, like, take a break. I'm like, go get a snack. Go, you know, <laughs> yes. you know, read the book, play something, you know, make your Legos, play with the toys, run around in the yard. And then after a while or so, again, if they're like, oh my God, I'm bored, and so and so is still online and playing, I'll be like, okay, you know what, it's been about two hours. Maybe you go and talk to them again for another 30 40 minutes yeah <laughs> yeah that's a great strategy i use that all the time too yeah perfect you know i've been there but uh, here's another strategy i learned from you Prisha. so this strategy is invite the friends over and no electronic rules apply when friends are over yep. so oh yeah they they babysit themselves it's amazing yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah. i'm like friend let them come over uh we don't have to do anything let them run around in the yard they can go in the basement let them start a toy store down there they can and they're engaged for hours yes, and, the, and the good thing is that they basically they really surprise us because do keep themselves busy with no electronics and no parent. Yeah. Really. You yes. know? I just keep an eye and just make sure nobody gets hurt, everyone's being nice, you know, provide the yeah. food and the snacks. Food and snacks and busy. Yeah. They yep. run around in the backyard, they'll play in the basement with a bunch of toys, play hide and seek, run around here, you know, do whatever, whatever, Legos, this and that, and they do 
keep yourself quite busy coloring painting whatever you want to do which what it really well and i always tell you know my uh, one i'm like okay so, you know if they hear you going to play with them people interaction you're not going to play with electronics <laughs> and i encourage the parents who watch any ipads or ipods along let them play yeah, cool Oh, I've got one more. Um, I was going to say, you know, one of the things that I um, do to motivate them to do their homework and not be on electronics is I'm like, hey, after, you know, once they come back from school, they had a little bit of downtime and had food and stuff. I'm like, listen, if you work, do your homework for an hour or however long it takes you, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever. For a lot of guys, you know, they don't have that much homework. But if you finish your homework at five o'clock, we can go play in the streets with your friends. Because luckily, all of their friends are our neighbor's kids and they go to the same school and stuff. So, you know, they come over or we go over there and I'm like, I'll mess with the parents and we'll, you know, we'll go and see them at five, from five to six. And then they are so motivated to do that. I mean, I get no resistance at all. I just, you know, they do their homework and then we're out. Perfect. Yep. More, more time outside, meeting yes. things than, and, you know, getting some fresh air than being stuck in food with electronics, yep. which is like really fun. So what, okay, let me ask you, what is your, maybe it's too, they're too young right now and things and your answers may change. But at this uh-huh. point, what do you think is the perfect age when you're going to give your uh, sons a phone? with the number oh i don't know can you answer i haven't hit that that yeah, I haven't hit that um, at that age yet I, or that issue yet. So I, um, you know, I have time and I haven't really talked about giving them. I already have tablets at home since like a long time now. They've got tablets and they got switches and they have like messengers that they can, you know, chat with their friends with, like a Facebook messenger for kids. Um, and then, yeah, you know, these have the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, you know, like they already have so much devices. Um, unless I, I honestly don't, have kids for, I don't think middle school they will have uh, the phone. I don't foresee a phone in the middle. Maybe in the high school, if there's an emergency, maybe Veer will have. Love will not have access to the phone, but Veer may. But I, I would, again, I haven't hit that milestone yet, so I really don't know. And do, do you see kids uh, at this point, I'm just curious to know, has a phone at this age or no? Nobody has a phone. Um, there might be one or two kids, but I believe it's just to call the parents for an emergency. I, I, and it might be through a watch, you know, those iWatches okay. or whatever, Apple Watches. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't believe many children in middle school yet have phones. But I, again, I don't know that many kids, but Veer says he hasn't seen anybody in their class with a phone. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just curious to know, like, you know, because, uh, you know, what's going on? Like, how is, is it starting? Have you experienced early? any with the Anushay class? Nobody, well, nobody in Elise's class right now. She's in fifth grade. We all have the iPad. Anushay, of course. Anushay, uh, I would say the majority, probably more than half of the class, had phones in seventh and eighth grade. But then there was a technical reason for there too, because they have a lot of competitive meets outside of school. Yeah. Um, and her class is pretty athletic. So most oh. of the moms and the dads were, you know, providing the phone earlier in seventh and eighth grade because uh-huh. they were like, you know, they have to travel in the bus and you yeah. know, we need to know what time to pick and drop. We need to know so that the kids are safe. So that's why we're giving them the phones. Ah. So around, I would say, 7th and 8th grade, I've noticed from my older one's experience that, you know, pretty much then at that point, everybody, I would say, to a great extent, has given the kids phones. But of course, with limitations, you know, because all the yeah. parents cannot, you know, these are the phone numbers that added in, the only phone numbers you have to call, no, you know, no social media apps on it, uh, screen limits, you know, with that. I have given access that, you know, they can call a parent or, uh, you know, call a grandparent or whoever yeah. on the phone. So, and I noticed too that I think the parents that had, had allowed the kids, um, you know, seven, eight, nine grade yeah. phones, their uh, kids were after school in swim, they were in golf, they were in 
tennis and soccer and cross country so it kind of made sense because you know they were traveling Um, yes. uh, and the parents who did not provide the phones to their kids, uh, what if the kids are actually taking them home? So there's no really no purpose to give them a phone, which kind of made sense at that point. So it's a really um, interesting episode, and I think a lot yes. of our viewers can connect to it. And we would really like to hear from someone, someone who wants to come on as a guest and share yes. their tips and guidelines, like a few that I have provided, yeah, things uh, that work for them. Business. Perfect. All right. Talk to you later, Parisa. Bye. Bye. Bye.